Welcome to In Search of the Story. I am back. It is no longer a solo show. Or, well, it wasn't a solo show, but it's not a solo show today. I'm here uh, with Olivia. She is still trucking through every week. I've shown my voice again. We are talking about the council. If you listened to Gaming Historia that went up Monday, you already knew that that's what we were going to talk about. For those that don't know, we're going to explain what the council is in just a minute. It's a Ubisoft game that Olivia will break down in a second. We're straight up talking about the game, our stuff we like, stuff that drove us nuts, and it's historical-based, so I get to flex my history muscles a little bit with some of this stuff. So, uh, so Olivia. Hello. <laughs> tell us what the game is. Yeah. What is this, what is this thing? So, the, the council was marketed as this incredible storytelling experience unlike any other and it's basically, there's no combat in the game. You progress through the story as this main character named Louis Durichet. It has a bit of an RPG influence. You get to build kind of a skill tree and collect different items. And the action of the game is your interactions with the other characters, as well as exploring the environment. So the whole story revolves around Louis and his mother. Right off the bat, if you have a chance to play this game, you're going to get some really weird vibes from these two. It's I have constantly have said that it's like Norma and Norman Bates. Uh, you can also think of it as like a very like Freudian approach to a mother and son relationship. But basically, <clears throat> without giving too much away, this mother and son are sort of a dynamic duo that specialize in their knowledge in the occult during the 1790s. Needless to say, I mean, I've got to give you this part of the story because I can't really explain the game without it. Uh, and it's all over the place, so it's not really a spoiler. But Louis' mother goes missing on this island, this mysterious island that's owned by this man named Lord Mortimer. And... Louis arrives on the island right in time for this huge gathering of all these historically famous people. Uh, some are fictional, some are well-known, like George Washington and Napoleon. And oh. essentially, he has shown up at the right time, and everyone's kind of like, oh, we don't know where your mother is, but welcome to the party. And so essentially, your main focus should be looking for your mother but the real fun comes when you get to interact with these other characters and you your interactions sometimes turn into confrontations, which you have to try and navigate properly in order to learn new information and get new skills. And it's a good bit of fun. Uh, I had a lot. Of, I had a great time playing it, but we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the issues we had with it. But that's kind of the main overview of, of the story. You're just exploring this island, really. And the, the main story of, of this first episode. Yeah, and it, it takes place in this big elaborate mansion with tons of paintings. And some of them are real. Some of them, I don't know. I haven't, I didn't research each painting that they saw. A um, bunch of different books that have meanings, things like that. And full disclaimer, I played it for a while. PlayStation borked out on me. So I had to finish by watching a Let's Play because I wasn't going to buy it again, and you'll hear why in a minute. This takes place somewhere around 1793 to 1795, I would say, because um, it's, it's definitely after 1792. 
because Washington is there and he's still president. It's got to be in the. It's got to be before 1997. I think is whenever he died. 19 or I mean 1797, somewhere in that area. So it's it's taking place like mid 1790s. We're just getting right into it. So I have an issue with what they did with their choice of characters. They have characters like George Washington, real person. If you haven't heard of him, look up America. Um, they have Manuel Godoy, who's a real character. Um, he was the Secretary of State for the Spanish government at the time. And they have uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, real dude. And this is whenever he was a lieutenant. So those are real characters. And then you have somebody like Jacques Peru, which is the most French name they could get. And they say he's the father of the Revolutionary Tribunal Paris. Not a real guy. Um, Johann Christoph von Wolder, uh, who is the Minister of Religion in Prussia. Not a real guy. Giuseppe Piaggi. Have, yep. The legate to Pope Pius VI. As far as I can tell from everything I looked up, not a real dude. Um, I think Emily Hillsborough, not real. No, I was just going to add in real quick. I think Giuseppe Piaggi is my favorite character just because uh, <laughs> when we talk with about our issues, I, I say all of my issues in like a loving manner because you, you have to take a step back and it just becomes sort of comical. So the way that they presented Giuseppe Piaggi, I'm just like, man, I love this character. He's it's like one of the, it's so bad that it's so good. And and I love that they're like, we need an Italian name, sure, Giuseppe Piaggi, <laughs> and then we need a French name, ah, oh, Jacques Peru. Uh, you know, I mean, it was like it doesn't even sound like there was a lot of thought behind it. And then you have Emily Hillsborough, who is the buxom, beautiful woman that you have an interest in, whether you want to or not. And she's um, constantly complaining about how cold she is. And if you just look her up and see what she's wearing, you'll be like, oh, my God, no wonder she's so of, cold. Of course you're cold, <laughs> but that's cool. Um, but she's she's not real. Um, I already mentioned George Washington. Uh, Sir Gregory Home, which is an influential British aristocrat. Can't find him anywhere. And then you have, of course, the main character, Louis de Richet and Sarah de Richet, uh, or de Richet. Neither one of them are real either. So my first issue with the game is you take, what was it, three real historical figures and then make up the rest. And if you wanted characters from this time period, from that, like if you wanted somebody from, um, from France, Marquis de Lafayette, Gilbert Lafayette, he's basically the exact same character they wrote. And he also had a very close relationship with Washington. So why not use Lafayette? Lafayette was used in the order on PlayStation. He's not a completely unknown entity. So why not use like real characters instead of like just making up random guys and putting them with real people. And before I go further, that, that was my first big issue is it's, it was almost like uh, who framed Roger Rabbit, where some of these people are real. Some of these people are cartoons and it was very jarring to me knowing that. Well, maybe in in the developer's defense, uh, you have definitely done more research into this than I have, so you can probably speak to it better than I can. But maybe because, in exactly as you said, the Lafayette gentleman is exactly like this uh, Jacques Peru. So maybe if it's kind of like, well, any idiot can draw that conclusion. Maybe that's 
what the developers meant to do. Like, it's so obvious that this character is influenced by this person. They just named him something else. Is that possible, do you think? I don't know. I, I don't think Lafayette is well enough, you know, is known well enough outside of people who actually really pay attention to revolutionary studies because we don't learn about Lafayette in in schools in America. But he was essentially one of the key people that, fought in the revolution and helped George Washington win. I mean, he was the reason France got involved. But and and they really in this episode Jacques Peru doesn't really do much. So I don't know if he's going to be similar to Lafayette's character, but I mean, he's just one example. I mean, you could have gone with a bunch of characters for each one of these different made-up characters. But and and I have no fun, I have no problem with it being a bunch of made-up characters, but either have a bunch of made-up characters or have a bunch of real characters. The mixture is what kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like, you know, George Wa- and and having George Washington hanging out with somebody who's completely fictional and then the way they portray him, which I'll get into whenever we get to that part. It it just kind of I don't know, it just it took me out of it more than I want. It was just a, like this grading thing on me. I was like, "Come on, man. Like, if you're going to use Washington, make everybody a real character because there's plenty to pull from." And they I don't know. They go with these weird characters, made up characters for some reason. And I don't understand that. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. Although I must admit, I'm not as much of a history buff as you. So I, I was a little more forgiving, I guess. Right. Well, and, and that's what excited about me about this is they said, you know, Napoleon's going to be there and Washington's going to be there. And, you know, I didn't know much about Godoy, but I, I knew he existed. So I was like, oh, cool. That's three characters that are real. I'm going to go look up who Emily Hillsborough is and who Giuseppe Piaggi is. And then I realized they're fake. And I'm like, oh, shit, how many of these people are fake? And then I realized it's three real people. And I'm like, eh, well, that's that's disappointing because they sold me with a young Napoleon and George Washington just before he was going to die, because this is just a couple of years before he really dies. And in the real world, who knows what's going to happen in this bizarre world they've created. And so, I don't know, I, that, that hits me. I mean, it would be like if I said, Hey, I'm going to make a game about world war one and the aliens are going to be your main enemy. Like what? (laughs) Then why make it about world war one? Why not just make it? It took place at this time period. Um, Hey, that might be a hit considering people love, uh, Hitler's vampire army. So this is this is true. I mean, you have like you have the zombie army games from Sniper and stuff. So, yeah, there's there's a place for kind of the fantasy to go there, but they're very clear about it. This one, I felt maybe it's I felt hoodwinked. Mm. They they're like, oh, come hang out with Washington and the secret society, and I'm like, all right, putting Washington in the secret society, you're pushing it a little bit, but he was a Freemason and he was a high ranking Freemason art person, so maybe that kind of works into it. And it doesn't. That's not how it plays out in the story. Like they kind of, they, they sold the game as it steep and steeped in historical like fiction. And it's like, well, no, it's mostly just fiction. Yeah. And, and if Ubisoft wasn't behind it as well, who's done a lot of historical research on, you know, through all the Assassin's Creed games, like as bad as unity was for Assassin's Creed, I really appreciated that they kind of got the idea of the French revolution at the time. Right. If you, if you just explore the game, they, they ha- a lot of it's there of what was going on at that time. You know, if you didn't do your research coming off of Assassin's Creed 3, you'd be like, oh, Lafayette was a popular character in Assassin's Creed 3. Let's, because they actually had him in that one. That was the American Revolution, Assassin's Creed. 
then they would throw him into the French Revolution. Well, he wasn't part of the French Revolution because he's somewhere else. And they do their research. So I fully expected that that research was going to be done here too. And it's not. And the voice acting is clear that they didn't really care either. Yeah, um, let's talk about the voice acting a little bit. And then we can sort of jump back into the historical inaccuracies that we caught. Yeah. Um, because I know you're going to... You're gonna, you're There's gonna be pissed. There's plenty that we both missed. I bet too. There's a ton that we probably yeah, missed. but uh, I'm sure there's something with the art that we missed. Although, from what I can tell, nearly every painting that I examined was real, except for when you went into Lord Mortimer's personal gallery. And yeah, it all it all seemed. I real. also thought it was a little heavy. A lot of this game is heavy-handed, but th- yeah. there's so much that. There, that you can obviously tell is foreshadowing, even though we don't even have the entire story yet. There's just so many clues that are just like slapping you in the face. That's like, okay, that's gonna come back later, or oh, his name is Lord Mortimer, like Mortimer, right. like oh, death. Where's this gonna? <laughs> Does he wear go? all black? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and we haven't met him yet. Like, oh, it. Okay. We'll put that aside for now, but let's talk about the voice acting a little bit. I I do want to say later on, for for at least for you, Olivia, yeah. go to the council's main page and go to characters. And He's shrouded in mystery. I don't want to spoil too much, but look at the the first four characters. I am on the main page. Hang on, I'll scroll. I'll scroll oh, okay. down. Look at the look at the four characters on the on the first the guests page. He's the old dude? Is that what you're saying? It's No, Mortimer's not. I think with I think that they shouldn't have put two of the characters side by side. Oh, <laughs> oh, I see. Holy crap. I see, I see. Yeah. Well, cuz good lord. I have so many at the end of this episode we're going to talk about our predictions or at least Right. I would like to talk about my predictions and yeah. we can jump into that later. But my prediction is I'll be forced to play the next one. <laughs> forced by me, most likely. Yep, that's exactly what you I'm sorry. I already told you I no, accidentally it's... bought the season pass when I checked out on Steam. I and I was just like, what? How did that happen? Yep. And, and I will. I'm curious where the story goes. But, okay, let's get into to Lewis's. I'm going to call him Lewis as long as they keep the same voice. Uh, yeah, it makes um, more sense saying Lewis instead of Louis. <laughs> Yeah, so Louis de Richer, yeah. the Frenchman who come over to help and solve this mystery, he speaks like me. He has this accent. He's like, ah, uh, yeah, my name is Louis de Richer. How are you guys doing? <laughs> More like, it's... dang it, what are you up to here, mother? That's his yeah, classic um, line. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, mother, so many mysteries. <laughs> yeah. Why can't you just write it clearly? I I will say that there's there's a puzzle with lemon juice. Oh yeah. That one of the videos that I watched of somebody trying to solve it, I I wanted to hit my head against a wall because I'm like, God, it must be my age that I know exactly how to make lemon juice appear. But they were doing everything like I'm gonna spill ash all over it and see if that'll make it. No, like <laughs> Right Light, next to you. That's how yeah. you make. That's yeah. not your age. That you person's just, just an idiot. 
Okay, so yeah. So but you will have uh, to lemon watch juice my, and a candle. You'll have to watch my last Let's Play because there's another puzzle with a bunch of statues. And I'm literally saying oh, yeah. the solution out loud the entire time. But I'm just turning these statues like multiple. It's so counterintuitive. Like the puzzles yeah, it, were. That puzzle, I was like, I was like, this, is this really a puzzle? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Or is it more just a waste of time? Yeah. But, oh, yeah, uh, Olivia does have a review for the game up on um, GamingHistoria.com. Plus, she's doing a Let's Play, which will get linked as well so that you can watch her channel because we're going to steal her YouTube channel and put it on our stuff, Woo, too. Oh, yeah. Let's um, please watch. It's hilarious. So So, so I will. Fun. I will give you my review. I will continue to play it. But things like Lewis's, the main character's, French accent being straight up today's accent is very, very grating. I don't think the voice actor has a bad voice. And I think the voice, the tone of the voice fits. It's the accent is complete shit. And oh, I think like, the direction. But tell us tell us a little bit more about the issue with the American accent. Because, again, you you know this. And I, I only know that the American, I wish you guys could see my air quotes, American <laughs> accent it didn't even exist at this time. Like George Washington would still have a British accent, right? Well, no. So, so okay. So whenever this game first came out, I actually did some research from some linguistical historians and spoke to my dad, who's a historian, and asked him what an accent would have been like in Washington's time. Mm-hmm. Now, George Washington would have grown up in, in a time period where we were colonized. It wasn't like we got over here and started a war. We were here for a while. So... There were new dialects that were forming and they were basically, you would have some British to the accent, but for the most part, it would be a new dialect that they would be speaking. And I think George Washington's accent was fine in the game because it was kind of a high class, uh, a little bit British, but not thick and very kind of, oh, yes, uh, how are you doing, Louis de Richer? Yeah, it's a very high, and, and it works because the the American accent at that time, it would have been very clear that it was an American accent. But if you were from a place where a bunch of Irish immigrants were from, then you would have a little bit of an Irish tinge to your accent. If you were from a place where a bunch of French were from or Creoles were from, then you would have that as a tinge in the accent. Mm-hmm. As And that's why you have the South and the North and you know, the California and the Valley Girl. That's where all these different accents come from is an evolution of it. But the accent that Louis uses, the main character uses, is this accent that I'm using right now, unless there's a Southern drawl to it. But just a traditional white bread American accent. Like, no, the only times that you hear that the voice actor could actually have done the accent is whenever he has to read things that are specifically in a different language like whenever he's like oh you know do a shit and he does it like like he could speak french but for the most part he speaks just pure american and here's something that whenever it happened it completely i don't remember what happened after it um and it was a big scene but i don't remember the scene you were so upset yeah i was furious <laughs> and i immediately went and did my research because i knew that they were wrong and so there's a point where he says for pete's sake you nearly scared the pants off of me oh yeah and i'm like this is 1790 let's say 1794 1793 
for Pete's sake, hasn't been used yet. That's not a line that anybody uses yet. The first time it's recorded is like 1903 to 1906. It's the first time it was ever used. So at least 110 years before that saying even comes up, he invents it all of a sudden because he's scared by a woman in a brassiere and stockings or whatever. Because yeah. I don't remember what happens in that scene. Emily just shows up. The um, sad thing is there's a lot of like really hokey sayings like that. Oh, it's horrible. It's terrible. Like, uh, my my personal favorite was when he's talking to George Washington and says, you know, you can pick your nose, but you can't pick uh-huh. your family. And it's like, really? That was horrible. Really? Like, yeah. And they're all like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Oh, God. So, so much like highbrow. <laughs> oh, laughing yeah, and- the entire, the entire time. Like there, this is another huge issue. Like you want us to buy into this environment, but you couldn't get the main character's voice right, especially the accent. But for right. me also, like, I just, I did not like, I don't think the voice fit the character at all. See, Sarah, my wife felt the same way, but I, like, it didn't really, if he would have done it with a French accent, then that's fine. Like, I, I get not speaking French and having us read subtitles because you're trying to show off the art. It's It's the same thing as... Anime, the argument between dubs and subs is I like to, if I watch an anime, I like to watch the art because they do a lot of over the top stuff. So I'll, I'll watch a dub and I get it. But for a game like this, like at least give them a little bit of a French accent. I, you don't have to make me listen to them in French. See, I, I feel see I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum, or I guess I'm on the opposite team in that when I watch a foreign film like that. I don't watch much anime, but when I do, like especially like when I was in school, I would very much prefer it to be in the native language because it's like it's like well, the full effect. Yeah, and I and I get that. And part of it is as I'm probably a slower reader than most, so I miss out on a lot of it. Like I can't read it quickly. I'm like, uh, oh damn it, the scene's over. I can get to see this crazy thing that whoever just did. Um, so for me, like. Uh, I'm fine with, if you're going to have these characters, just have them have their, I guess, stereotyped accent or their accent that they would speak in English. And that's fine. But don't don't have them say, for Pete's sake, yeah. Yeah. 150 years before it's actually ever used. Like, I mean, that's a Google search. Give me a break. Yeah, I definitely had, like you were saying, a, a bigger issue with the writing. That, like, I'll, I'll forgive the accent. I'll forgive... I know it's a little harder for you to forgive the accent, but I will forgive the accent. I'll forgive the voice direction. But yeah, some of the writing is just like, come on. On top of... On, well, oops, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. Finish your on, thought. <laughs> on top of all that, he is always, always talking. Like, there, he has this internal monologue where he'll just be walking, and the only way you'll know he's not outwardly vocalizing something is you'll have to, like, pay attention to his face and see that his mouth is closed. One of the worst times that this happened was after that scene that you talked about where he said, oh, you scared the pants off of me. And he's in that room with Emily and they're searching the room and he'll say something to her vocally, open his mouth and say something to her and then turn back and in like a 15 second span of time, he'll say, oh, someone's feeling sassy today, like in his head. And it's like, (laughs) And then he'll say something again to her. And it's just like, Christ, like, please, 
I don't, I don't need that internal monologue. Like if you're making it worse, <laughs> stop <Right>. helping. <laughs> and, and here's, here's where the accent really kills me is Napoleon has a French accent and Napoleon and Louis have a conversation and it's, it's so jarring to have two French people speaking, one of them using a French <laughs> accent and the other one using an American accent. Yeah. You know, I and, but then saying French names with the same accent. I'm like, come yeah. on, man. Like you know, and but but then other people they do it right. Like Giuseppe, whenever he talks about Napoleon, he calls him Bonaparte, which yeah. is how he would say it Italian. So I like it's just a It's just really it's a mess. Yeah, it's just really <laughs> inconsistent. Like you kind of touched on this, but the only time that the voice actor of Louis uses an accent is when he's reading native like things in other languages so for example i'm not really sure how he addresses napoleon in their face-to-face conversation but if you're walking around in the hallway where everyone's rooms are you can look at like the the label on the card that labels each person's rooms and i remember i thought it was just hilarious how he would be like Oh, Monsieur Napoleon Bonaparte. And I was just like, yeah. what the hell? Like, and it's like, what? And, and then why, why are you? He'll like read ah, Dante Alighieri's, like, whatever, whatever. And it's like, you just sound so pretentious and stupid. That That's like, that's like when someone who's not Italian says, like, Parmigiano Reggiano. It's like, just say Parmesan cheese. Like, it's that right. easy. It, it comes off more sincere if you're just honest and, and consistent. And it's it's essentially he he essentially says stuff like, "Hey y'all, did y'all see that Napoleon Bonaparte is here?" <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like Jesus, man. Like just uh, good lord. So consistency, okay. people. Yeah. So okay. So we hit the voice stuff. There's something I want to talk about. This it's been it drives me crazy. We mentioned Napoleon. I know you want to talk about Giuseppe, which we'll do. Oh in just no, a it's okay. I just uh, so good, it's so bad. So bad, so bad, yeah, it's so good. Gi- Sorry. Giuseppe is a great character. He's really fun. Um, so here's here's where this is. So I was really excited. I started the game on day one, and I stopped playing it for like two days after my first interaction with George Washington, because one of the one of the first people that you meet you you meet Giuseppe. Once you get into the mansion, and then you go and you have a conversation with Emily Blunt, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Emily Hillsborough. I'm pretty sure they just saw Emily Blunt and said, "Hey, let's make her a character and change her yeah, last name." Um, yeah, and they're like, "Hey, and also let's put her in what we would want her to wear, which is your fantasized period clothing, ri- not the real ridiculous. period clothing." But if you're a dude, you're gonna dig it. Um, I don't know. If, there's no, there's no movement the, whatsoever. It just looks really. Yeah, stiff. I know. And that's let me. I'm going to say one thing about movement, and then we won't touch it again. If you've been to Disney and seen the Hall of Presidents, that's essentially what this is. They move like robots oh, through a big part of the that's game. That's a really good comparison. Um, it kept on hitting me, but here's where I lost. Like I stopped forgiving things in the game is you walk up and, and I see why I'm talking to Giuseppe. I see Washington off in the corner. I'm like, Oh, that's like that. That's my hero. I'm going to go talk to, to Washington. You know, I'm a big fan of Washington and, and the revolutionaries. And so walk over to him and I notice that there's something wrong with my PlayStation 
because he's getting shorter as I get closer to him. But that's not what it is. He's just the same height as everybody else in the game, which either means that everybody is 5'7", which is how tall Napoleon was, or everybody is 6'2", which is how tall George Washington was. Because there's no difference in height between any character, except for Giuseppe, because he leans over a little bit because he's old. But everybody else, like, the tallest person in the game is actually Emily because she has tall hair. But... <laughs> You know, if you put her forehead against Washington's forehead, she's six two. If you put Napoleon next to Louis, they're the exact same height. And then Louis, the main character, stands next to Washington, they're the same height. So there's either some weird stuff going on with this golden order or golden circle or whatever it's called, where your height changes so that you look eye to eye with the person you're talking to. Or the people who made this game just decided not to actually look up anything about anybody that they put into the game. I was I was very, very scared at first that they were going to make Napoleon comically short. Because, you know, the the thing about Napoleon, everybody think he everybody thinks he was short. He was five seven, which was average or above average for the time for men in that time period. George Washington was a giant. At six two, he was he was a guy that he walked into the room and everybody knew he walked into the room without even having to look like he just had this presence and this height and he was huge. And then you put this American French, whoever he is, the main character you're playing, this confused create, and maybe they're going to explain this out in later games that maybe he has a, a split personality disorder and he can speak with a futuristic American accent or something, but he gets up next to Washington and he's the same height. Like, the defining characteristics with George Washington was extremely tall and he was very honest and very upfront. He was a Mason, but he was not like a cloak and dagger type of guy. There's a few little things in his past that are kind of iffy, but for the most part, George Washington was very, very well respected because he's very upfront, very honest, full of integrity. And while I'm on my George Washington rant, which I promise I'll shut up in just a second. No, keep going. It's good. There's, there's a scene where he thanks Lord Mortimer for helping him become president of the United yeah. States. I I was so fucking pissed. I was like, first off, he won unanimously. Only unanimous vote in the entire history of the United States. Not one person voted against him. There wasn't even a question that he was going to be the president. He was the he was so well respected after the the revolutionary war. And he came out of retirement specifically to help out, and then they put him in charge. There was another president before him, which is the president of Congress. So there's, here's a little trivia for you. George Washington is not the first president. He's the first president of the United States. We had a few presidents before him that were presidents of the Congress. But as the first president of the United States, no question that it was going to be him. And for him to say Mortimer helped him, bullshit. Nobody had to help him. All he had to do is say, uh, I'd like to run. And people will go, yep, you're president, you're cool. Like, that's that's what Washington brought. And instead in this game, Washington's like, oh, Mortimer helped me out. And he's like the some high-ranking official in this secret, like, dirty, weird thing that this, this organization they're part of. And he's like, oh, I wanted some gossip about money and people. And no, you didn't. You're George Washington. That, that wasn't yeah, you. Yeah, it's almost discrediting Washington a little bit. It's it's like it's basically like pissing on his grave, and oh. it 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 really really took me out of the game at that point. And it, it's 
it's very offensive in my opinion on how they represent him and they make him look like John Adams and then they put John Adams dead daughter in the game. Sorry for spoilers, but John Adams had a daughter who was stillborn. Just kidding. She wasn't. Instead, she's a cool punk rock kid who hangs out in this mansion and George Washington just happens to look like John Adams in this game. Cause he's short and fat. And I mean, it's just, you can see where my frustration is and why I'm not looking forward to the next one because there's, they just, I mean, a simple Google search. Like right now, if you want to know how tall Godoy is, pull up your phone while you're listening to this podcast and type how tall was G-O-D-O-Y. And you'll get the information within a couple clicks at the least. And they couldn't even do that with this. And I, I'm just like, it, it just kills me that, that they just completely bastardized who George Washington was in this. And then they don't just stop there with bastardizing, you know, early American people. They, they say, Hey, you know what? John Adams had a dead, you know, had a, had a stillborn child. Um, so let's bring her back to life and make her a big deal and then make it really a fucked up story too. Yeah. And yeah, even, uh, yeah. as someone who's not as big of a history buff as you are, it did feel a little slimy for me too. And I, I don't have the wealth of knowledge that you do. Like that scene that you talked about where George Washington toasted Lord Mortimer saying like, he helped me get my election or win the election or whatever. I was kind of like, that's stupid of him to say, because it's like you said, it's fucking George Washington. He didn't need anyone's help. And then, no, Another thing that kind of cropped up for me was when Napoleon and Louis have their conversation. Napoleon is sort of like, uh, I don't know what the right word is. I was going to say groveling, but that's not the right word. He's like asking Louis for his opinions and, and help and and kind of like, oh, it, like, is this the right deal to make? And it, it was just really weird for them to portray these really historically powerful characters that are all bowing down to this one mysterious overarching Lord Mortimer who like, it's kind of like, I don't really give a shit about him or put all that much weight on who he is because we haven't even met him yet. We've just right. heard about a lot about him and every single time we're promised that we're going to meet him. He doesn't show. And then we have to deal with this snotty high nose. Uh, I can't remember the dude who wears the powdered wig and powdered face. Home. Yeah. Like Gregory. Yeah, Home. And, and then they have these absurd, absurdly stupid, in my opinion, uh, conversations about wine. And, uh, if you take a moment to watch, uh, part four of my let's plays which i had the most fun doing because it was just comically terrible like when they're having these conversations about wine you have all these opportunities to jump in and and talk but you you need to have all these specific attributes and clearly i i was not quick enough to jump in but it's just kind of like these historical characters again these historically powerful characters wouldn't be at least I I wouldn't think that they'd be messing around with stupid shit like this. Right. I, I will say with Napoleon, I want to see a little bit more what they do with him because may, they, they may be okay with what they're doing because he's still very young at this point. And he ha he's still just a lieutenant or a lieutenant, as they put it. Um, 
so he's not the Napoleon Bonaparte that we eventually that the world will know and fear. So it, it's kind of interesting to see him kind of as this like uh, you know I'm, I'm wanting to do something big I'm making my plans but I don't know quite what to do yet. But the guy was a military genius, so the fact that he's asking some random yokel that's from France with an American accent, like, oh, is this a good deal? Yeah, like, and they also come on, man. they also make it seem like if if you win the confrontation, uh, again, don't want to give away the answers, but they make it seem like Louis gave Napoleon the idea that France needed this big leader. And I, that right. was the, the moment that I was like, ew, what the hell? Like, this wormy yeah. mama's boy is is feeding Napoleon his great ideas? Like, no, I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. Yeah, I forgot about that. I, I, I blocked that out till you said it. Yeah. Like, Napoleon wouldn't have been Napoleon if it wasn't for Louis de Recht. <laughs> um, or, I'm sorry, Louis de Richet. Because, <laughs> um, you know, he had to put the ideas in there. And... And they make George Washington slimy and dirty, and he's a gossiper, and he wants as much gossip as yeah. he does. Like, I mean, it's just, oh, Jesus Christ, man. This game, The more I talk about it, the more I hate this game. No, it's and, fun. You, you got oh, to laugh like, at it and have a fun they, time with it. <laughs> they do some really cool stuff with it. They Okay, so I have said my piece that the game bastardizes everything that I love and I hate it for that. But there are some things I like about the game. I like the the point and click style adventure game, which this kind of is in the same vein um, of kind of your walk around and solve mysteries and talk to people. The cool thing is that there's a role playing element to it where instead of getting into a turn based battle, you're into a verbal sparring match. And depending on what skills you've invested your points into gives you different options in this so you know to compare it to final fantasy like if you chose to be a black mage that could only do like ice stuff then you're kind of the same thing like you may be a detective who's really good at noticing things but not so good whenever people start talking about the occult and so you'll miss out on certain things that you can say so you have to kind of decide how you're going to handle it. And it's, it's this really cool kind of role-playing element that, that I haven't seen in a narrative game before. And I like that they did that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm a little bit uh, slow to the slow to the click, I'll say, in terms of the point-and-click <laughs> adventure, just because the, the little signifiers of, of, like, hey, you have this window of time to take advantage of this opportunity – they're really difficult to see, and, yeah. and I I found myself missing a lot of them just purely because I couldn't click fast enough, and I uh, just user error. My mouse sensitivity was all wonky, and I had to adjust. But yeah, I I've said this multiple times now. I had a great deal of fun playing the game. Like we've gone over all the issues, except there was one issue which I think. I could open a whole nother can of worms, Chris, and just tell me if you oh, if Jesus. you don't want to get into this one. <laughs> but there's a at this period in time, I'm not sure who's angry at who in history and who's at war with who in history. But there's a part where, and I'm pretty sure it's Washington making this toast that says like, "Oh, let's put aside our country's issues and 
join together to celebrate this weekend of being a part of like the oh, golden order or whatever. And I feel like that would literally never happen. Like a lot of these people no, wouldn't I, be in the same room together, right? No. Well, I can't remember if it was Washington that said that. If Washington said that, then that's a major issue because Washington is very much about neutrality. Um, he he had two big things: neutrality and partisanship, like not not becoming partisan. And so he didn't want to get involved in other people's fights. England and France, on the other hand, were at each other's throats because right after our revolution, France started their revolution um, against England, and of course, England would have been really happy with us at that point because we weakened them to a point to where now they have to fight off another force. Um, but we had made a promise. They, they do say there is one joke that they made that, that I like that Napoleon says that he says that you'll meet up with Louis later. And he's like, oh, Louis not a good name to have right now. And I know I just did like a Inigo Montoya accent or something, but the, it was in a French accent that he says that. And it's funny because that was right about the time period that King Louis of France and the reign of terror and the French Revolution was going on whenever King Louis was beheaded. And so, you, you know, that that was a nice little nod to history. But at that point, the the biggest beef would have been between Britain and France. They probably would have had some issues like Emily Blunt. Um, that's just I'm going to call her Emily that's Blunt fine. from now on. Emily Blunt probably wouldn't have had any problem with Washington because there was no skin off her back. Um, but if Washington said that, that's weird because at that point, like he he was like, "No, we're not getting involved in the revolution that you guys are doing. Like we're done. We're out. We're we're dealing with our own shit of trying to figure out like how we're gonna form our you know how we're gonna handle finances and and how we're going to." actually run it as either 13 countries or colonies or or one nation or what we're going to do you know we still got our shit to figure out and so i can't remember who it was that said it but if it was washington i i must have gone into a blind rage and completely forgot about that um pretty sure it was washington or yeah so if if it was that's bullshit um i could be wrong though i'll have to go back and look yeah, I, I remember seeing it. I just can't remember who said it. Um, and it may have been Washington, but... Or no, I think it was actually Bismarck. Or I'm sorry, not Bismarck. Uh, Volner. The powdered wig man? Um, no, uh, Johann Christoph von Volner, oh. uh, the the Prussian guy. Oh. Um, he was talking to Emily, and they were having a conversation of, you know, if things get too hairy... You can come to London, oh, and he's like, "Well, yeah. you know, with Germany and blah blah blah," and you know, Godoy doesn't. I don't think Godoy spoke the whole time. I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't. They just um, like introduced him, and then ne- he never said anything. Yeah, so there's there's like points where the people of power, like World War One, is a good example of the people in power are okay with talking to each other because World War One is actually to an extent a giant fight between related people because almost everybody who was in power during world war one over the different nations had some kind of family bond to somebody who was leading another nation. It was, it was almost like a a civil war between a family that just happened to use the world. There's a lot more to it than that. I'm not, I'm that's way too simple of an explanation of why world war one happened, but a lot of people in world war one were related and would write letters to each other, even though they they were against each other. Um, 
so while you probably would not have you know if they would have chosen somebody from england that was real at the time you know like king edward um and napoleon they probably wouldn't have wanted to see each other face to face because at the point they were at war um but since they made up a bunch of these characters i i don't know um but but people of power they're okay because they're generally well let me take back what i was about to say these people that they're portraying washington napoleon those people who actually went out and fought um they weren't people who sat you know behind legislature and said go to war Mm -hmm. um and at the time you know you were a general because you're out there with your men so they probably wouldn't have taken time off of a big campaign like napoleon's doing right now but it sounds like they're leading up to napoleon starting his campaign um so i don't know it's it's a really weird i'll have to research that a little bit more as they bring out the next episode or two to see what they're doing with it like is napoleon just there for a little bit and they said there's at the beginning they said there's generally like 12 or 13 14 people that generally show up i think like it's a pretty big turnout and right now they've only introduced uh five eight eight or nine characters total so we probably have like three or four more characters they're going to introduce and so we can revisit that once we see a little bit more of some of these people's stories because washington's done washington's going to be dead in three years from a cold um so i don't think he cares but napoleon being in the same place with emily blunt she seems like she's on her own secret spy mission so it shouldn't matter but the the spanish part of it once we see what's going on with that and once we see what's going on with giuseppe piaggi um and and what rome is doing and what prussia is doing then i can speak a little bit more authoritatively um but it's really weird that they have so many French people in the game that are from different areas. Because you have, and maybe that's what they're setting up, is Jacques Peru is, they say that he's one of the fathers of the Revolutionary Tribunal of Paris, which he's not. But they're saying he is. And then you have Napoleon, who was in the French army. And so there may be a little heat that happens there. So, And then, of course, you have Louis de Richiette. So we'll see how he plays into the French side of things. And I don't know. It's it's such a historical mess as it is that put them all in the same room. Who gives a shit at this point? You know, they're not even sticking with who the people really were. So I guess anything goes. Yeah. So maybe they would have stuck together. I mean, maybe they would not have wanted to be in the same room. But I think the characters that they've chosen, none of them have a real tie to a real war that's going on outside of Napoleon at that point. And, and maybe Godoy, I'll have to, I'll have to look at what they do with Godoy. Um, but outside of that, none of them are actually at war anymore. So I don't know that there would be a a reason for them to want to dodge each other. So we'll have to wait for the next episode to see what happens. Maybe they'll add some more characters and maybe we can get some King Edward in there. Yeah. If he's still alive at that point. I definitely think with the way the first episode ended they're going to have to bring in some new characters uh because yeah. this isn't a spoiler but they've killed off a character so yeah depending on which ending you get oh what no i think she oh ooh, i think this person dies either way 
Oh, see the the one of the endings I saw you just go up and you you finally meet Mortimer and it ends. But they don't say what happens to what? there's stuff that leads up to that. There's a route that you actually meet Mortimer? Yeah, he's like, Oh, hey Lewis. Wait, wait. Uh I've heard you know, I've been waiting to meet you. Do you see his face? Yeah, he's sitting there and he's all smiley and you know evil. What? Like his, uh, what? What? Yeah. Which route did this person choose? Did they go with um, uh, Amanda? With is that her name or Adams? Emily. Did they, go to, uh, did they go with Emily or Adams? They went with uh, Emily Blunt and slept with her. Oh, okay. I, I was yeah. I was at that so, crossroads and was like, which one do I do? And then I like. I aborted the mission with Adams prematurely, and then I, I just, I guess I chose poorly. He chose poorly. Yeah, so if you go with the, the Adams story, you get a very, very different ending. Shit. If you go with the Emily Blunt story, you get to, and really, the this is not a spoiler. You meet Mortimer, and he literally says like a sentence, and then the game's over. What? Um, oh, my God. Yeah. I, I bet either way in that one, though, she, I don't know, man. I'm. I want my money back. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but... This this is super me. That's the fun in it. That like, that I I honestly thought that either way there would be the same outcome for this one character, and I guess nope. not. So uh, I like um, the game. unless they address that at the start of the next one. Yeah, we'll see. I guess, but but again, you just have to be able to let go of all the issues and have fun with the. With the parts that are good, because it's def the the story itself is definitely the saving grace, I'd say. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting story. It if you distance yourself from who the characters are named after, and just pretend that George Washington is named Frank Smith, then it's it, it would be a better game. the The problem is that they're taking historical characters and they're bastardizing them. But if they would have just stuck with all made-up characters, I would have a much higher opinion of this game. Yeah, because I but, guess the biggest thing, if you're going to incorporate historical characters at this very specific period of time, use them in a very specific way. Because from what we can tell, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're not really using these historical figures in any... It's not in service to the story in any way. Not at all. Yeah. So it's like, why include them in the first place? Yeah, they're they're making George Washington this sneaky little snake. And George Washington was a guy who would just be like, tell me what I need to know. And he'd be like, yes, sir. And then he and would leave. They he'd should be like, have used right, him that I'm way. Out. Yeah, and then he would walk out and people would be like, holy shit, that guy was really tall and really had a big presence. Hey, at but, least they got his you know, teeth right. And they got everyone's teeth right. I'll give him that. Did they do wooden teeth? The I didn't teeth look. just look really gross all around. Like, okay, he actually had nice teeth. <laughs> George Washington did. He, he had his teeth pulled and he had ivory teeth. I thought yeah. they were wooden. Nope, he never had wooden teeth. Oh. Um, it's it's one of those legends, just like the cherry tree, never happened. He oh, I'm glad I didn't had a lot of tooth pain. Oh. Had them pulled and replaced with ivory. Dentures. I'm glad I didn't bring up so, the cherry tree thing because I would have been schooled by you. And I guess I just technically yeah. brought it up. So <laughs> the the cherry tree thing is just like the wooden teeth. It's just a one of those random stories that goes up. But he actually had fairly well regular looking teeth. They would be ivory, white, stained a little bit, but they would be 
fresh looking teeth. Um, All of their teeth looked the same, but they looked scary and gross and creepy. Yes. uh, That's, that's another weird part of it is, I don't know. How grotesque all the characters looked. Yeah. It's so weird. I think it was on purpose though. Right. I guess. I mean, maybe that's the style, but I don't know. It's a it's a weird thing. Except for Emily Blunt, who they make look like a contemporary actress with her boobs pushed up to her chin. Like, everybody else has this very strange, dirty, grimy look. And then she comes across as like a, she's on the red carpet. Yeah, with her like smoky eyeshadow and everything. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, she- and I don't know. I don't know if... If that's how it was back then, but I mean, there was makeup, but not, I mean, she's pulling off like she's pulling off very sophisticated for the time makeup. If I don't think 1790, they were able to do the, what, what, what is it called where she's like going halfway under her eye and then eyeliner. Yeah. But is that, is that, that's kind of a unique style to go just like halfway, right? Like the really smoky top and then. Just a little bit at the bottom instead of just like kind of going thick and at the bottom. I, I don't know. Or, I, I guess don't the think they look. have like the actual utensils to do a lot of eye makeup except for like, and not even, no. I, see, I don't know. I haven't done any research into the history of makeup because here I am saying like, I don't think they'd have eyeliner. But then again, like the Egyptians would do all sorts of crazy things with their eyes. So. I don't know. They did have makeup. It just looks what she's wearing is extremely contemporary, and her her eyebrows are done like she just got out of a salon. <laughs> like her eyebrows are are done perfectly. Yeah, and I actually kind of had a huge issue with the way they made uh, the uh, what was Adam's daughter's name Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Like the way they made her look, she looked like a punk rock. Uh, like, yeah, she was at a raid. Yeah, the whole time. it was so bizarre, and I, I, I'll try and say sure. The shaved head on one side was due to like the injuries she sustained in the past, the injuries she claimed to sustain in the past. But still, it was kind of like you're, you wouldn't look like that though, you know. No, she. It's such a weird look for her, and she's. Like tatted up and wearing yeah, a tank top. Yeah, and... her her night dress. I don't know if you you saw that yeah. in the path that you went along, but like it. I watched it both. Was just, yeah. It was bizarre. It was kind of like okay, it you're was. you're taking care to do the the faces, hair, dress of these men to be period appropriate, relatively speaking. But then these women, yeah. like you could you could have a whole lot of fun designing period appropriate women. But it was just like hypersexualized, and for me, yep. not being uh, attracted to women, I was just kind of like, "This is gross, and it's ridiculous." Anytime I see these women, because they look so stupid. It, it's it's over the top, and I'm the only thing that I'm curious about is what Emily's ultimate goal is, because maybe she's doing that to because she's. There's some interactions with Lewis that she has that maybe she's doing that for a reason. And if so, then they can explain a reason why they wanted to put a whole bunch of boobies in there as wooden as they are. But um, 
maybe she's using her sexuality into it. And if they make that into a thing, like she can use her sexuality to manipulate the main character, then cool. Cause it's going to work on the male players in the exact same way that it's working on the character that it's working on. Um, but if they're just doing it because they're, you know, they want to have a chick with, with big boobies, then what's like, all right, whatever. Why, why would you make Napoleon actually in his, uniform from his paintings before he's actually running the army. I mean, it's, I don't get what they did with the clothing unless there's a very specific reason that she is dressing that way and pushing herself onto you. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but personally yeah. it was very distracting and, and off putting. And I can yeah. see that. I can see yeah. why it would be. So, so that's the council. Wait, should we get into predictions um, or not? Cause it oh, can be yeah. kind of spoilery. Um, you know what? Let's let's wait for because how many episodes are there? Five. Five. So let's wait for episode two to to just about come out or come out. Let, let's let's wait for the second episode and get through that one and do predictions at that point of of where it's going to go. That way, people who are just now because I think this is a game that people are going to hear about slowly because they didn't advertise it real heavily. And so, you, we've spoiled a chunk of you it. You mean when we talk about episode two, we can say, like, I called this or I knew that was going to happen. Well, no, then at that point, then we'll do, like, what do we expect for the rest of the oh, story? Oh, okay. But that way, people will be, like, caught up or they'll have had the chance to play the first two by the time they listen to that okay. one. So, yeah, so I do want to get into those. But let's instead do this. Let's say that... If you're listening to this, we're going to, as spoilery as this was, we left out a lot of the stuff that that you'll experience in the game. Um, and before you listen to the episode where we talk, we'll we'll make sure to name it like the Council Part mm-hmm. Two on In Search of the Story. Make sure you played through that one because we'll go full spoil fest on that one with predictions for three and four. And so I, th- I think that's where to go. Oh, sorry. And no. if you. If you feel compelled, and I would love it if you do, to watch my playthrough, throughout the entire time I'm saying, like, oh, I bet this is going to happen, or I just know that this person is this person, and oh, I know someone's going to get pushed off of this ledge. So if you can't wait, please watch my playthrough and have a ball, because it is a hilariously, interestingly weird game. It is... If if you take everything out of it, the game is fun. Yeah. If you're somebody like me who who actually looks for the accuracy and it drives you nuts whenever they disrespect big historical figures, regardless of what your personal feeling is about that figure, then you know. I mean, for an example, like an example, I'm not the biggest fan of Nixon, but if and and I. I'm using Nixon because there's other people I could use that I don't want to get into that, but I'm not a big fan of Nixon, but if they put Nixon in there as this guy who's like speaks with a, with a New York accent and you know, is, is all buddy buddy with everybody and wants to only stay on the good side of things and, and doesn't want to get into any cloak and dagger shit, then you completely misrepresented him too. And that would drive me nuts. Like Nixon was kind of a, a, he wasn't your, you know, he shouldn't have a New York accent and he should 
kind of be interested in some sneaky shit because guess what? That's what he was really like. Because he was so, into the sneaky shit. Right. So, um, or like LBJ. I don't like LBJ a whole lot, but he should have a strong Southern accent if you're going to represent him. And he should talk a lot about the size of his penis because that's what he did. So, um, or no, who am I mixing up? There's one of those two was notoriously famous for uh, talking about their junk. Nixon or LBJ. I'll have to look it up. But you guys know, you guys have probably heard the stories through the internet. Um, If you haven't, it's fun. Look up president with big junk or something and you'll see some great stories about a president who did some crazy stuff and i think it's nixon actually thank you it's the stories are awesome like you're like holy shit i cannot believe this stuff happened in the white house um but the game if you take if you take all that stuff out of it the game is fun my problem and i hope the developers listen to it is don't bastardize historical figures and then don't mix real and fake ones Like, either go all real or all fake. Because if you need some help, reach out to me. I could be a consultant and introduce you to Google and how to find people from that time period and how they would have reacted, which is not at all how George Washington was in this. Or, from what I can tell, how Napoleon's going to act. And so we know, maybe things will change. And we can talk about that in, in the next episode on the council. Because at this point, from what you and I can tell, Chris, like, the use of historical figures is just kind of like, why? Why did you do that? What was the point of doing right. that? What was the point of incorporating these well-known people and then not even using how awesome they are to supplement the story? So right. I guess it's kind of like we'll have to wait and see. But for now, it's kind of like impress us. Yeah. And again, it's a fun game. If you can get past that stuff. If you can't, just watch a Let's Play. Watch Olivia's Let's Play. We'll put it up on GamingHistory.com. Which, ding, ding, ding. That gives us the time to say where all you can find us and support us. Um, Subscribe to this. I'm going to try again this week to get us up on Google as well. We're on Apple with In Search of the Story. But for some reason, I can't get the code from Google. So I'm going to send a request again for it this week. And hopefully we'll be on Google Play within the next couple days. Um, but I'm going to spam them this time. I'm just going to keep on doing it until it shows up. Um, go to patreon.com slash gaming Astoria. There is where you can give us money. Um, if you haven't listened or read any of my stuff about how we're doing our monetization, you will not get advertisements anywhere except for the occasional sponsorships on podcasts The sponsorships on podcasts, I'll go deeper into why we would be willing to do those. One, they would be appropriate. Two, they would help out a whole lot because they're very, very non-invasive. But we're not going to put ads on the site. We're not going to put ads on YouTube. We're going to leave it up to you guys to support us. And we're also not going to lock any content behind anything on Patreon or the website behind a subscription. You do not have to subscribe to have access to everything. Um you can listen to uh, Gaming Astoria, which was uh, history, EGX Resed, and Ramblings to hear what we would lock behind, which is uh, me and a Speedo um, with the Gaming Historia on it. But if it's just me and a Speedo, we'd put it out there. But if Gaming Historia is on it, I mean, we would lock it. If it's if it's got Gaming Historia on it, it will never be locked behind anything. Um, 
so you'll get an idea of kind of what our our ideas are by reading my stuff by looking at that stuff so we're asking for your money like npr does support us so that we can continue to grow and continue to produce this stuff we have even more podcasts coming um Check out Gaming Historia tomorrow because that'll be the Chloe special where she uh, looks at the implications of mobile gaming on the handheld environment such as the Switch and the 3DS. Um, and that's an eight-year-old's take. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so there's plenty of stuff coming up. GamingHistoria.com at Gaming underscore Historia on Twitter. And YouTube's coming soon, but we'll have Olivia's YouTube playthrough of this game up uh, along with this, uh, if, if you go to Gaming Story and you click on this article, we'll have the links to her whole playthrough there as well, so you can see that, and uh, you can check that out there. Yeah. So I know that was a little ramblish, but in search of the story, we haven't talked about the Patreon stuff yet, and I wanted to try to just shorten it up. Okay. So, and thank you, Olivia, for doing two weeks of solo podcasts because that's brutal, <laughs> and you did it beautifully. It was thank awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I, uh... um, Hope everyone enjoyed those. I know they're a bit of a different style, but uh, I had a really great time doing it, and I hope you guys had a great time listening. Yeah, and uh, hit us up at contact at gaminghistory.com with feedback. Let us know what you think. And in the title, just put which show you're referring to. So if you want it to specifically talk to me and Olivia, or if you wanted to talk to Colby or whoever, just put the little show notes up there that it's in search of the story or gaming story or Chloe and Chris or whatever. And that'll get to all of us because that's the inbox for, for all the podcast and website stuff. So we love to hear your feedback, what you like, what you don't like. You want to discover a game, something small, or if you're somebody who's building a game that's small and it's it fits with our story thing, let us know. We'll do it. We don't care. We'll play whatever. And you'll get our honest thoughts, <laughs> as you can tell from this one. Um so yeah, reach out to us and, and make sure you follow us and give us your money. Only, <laughs> you if, yeah, us only money. if you want to. We'd love support. No, no pressure, though. Yeah. The support would go a long way in uh, helping everybody that's that's really pouring their heart and soul into the site. Because they're doing a lot more than they, than they signed on for. But we want to create something great for you guys. And we have, what, like 23 people on the team at this point? And they're all, you know they're they're eating ramen or working and then coming home and writing so um your support is greatly appreciated but again we'll never lock anything away from you you get to see everything subscriber or not we leave it up to you if you think we're worth supporting so we appreciate it either way even easier is just give us some feedback let us know what you think of what we are doing we would love to hear that so contact at gaminghistory.com and with that I think this roast of the council is complete. I think so. It was fun. It was a good yeah. time. Oh. And a great game. Great game. But, you know, not without its faults. I hate it. <laughs> but I will continue to play it. I hate <laughs> I, playing it. I, you will hate playing it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mean hate as in I wish it didn't exist. I just hate playing it because it drives me so crazy. Um, but I do want to see where the story goes. So, there, you know, there's, there, I have... I have a strange relationship with the council. So, um, also, that's okay, it. I have one last comment no, that we haven't even touched on. Uh, what's oh, up Jesus. with the butler and the mask? Hello? Yeah, like, yeah. this, from 
the moment you talk to him set me off as like this is going to get into some weird freaky shit yeah, and he says sir way too Would many times. Would sir like to know the layout of the mansion? Yes. Sir's mother. Yeah, and, yeah it's just... <laughs> as, a, as a fan of Hamilton, the, the Broadway musical, there's actually a, a song that they use sir a whole lot in as the rhyme. And I'm like, ah, oh, dude, this guy is about to break it down, man. <laughs> but, and then he doesn't. Then he He's doesn't, just like, oh, yeah. sir. <laughs> oh, and, and the last thing I'm going to say about it is... If you're going to have a character that can walk around and pick up like books and potions that are as big as your head, give him like a knapsack or something. Don't expect us to believe he's carrying like three books in his pocket. Yeah. Come on. Like you could have put a little sack on a, a satchel or something. It would have been fine. But it's it's so distracting that he's like, oh, let me just add this one more thing to my pockets in my tight <laughs> clothing i found more and, pages to this encyclopedia let me add it to my yeah. encyclopedia that's in my pocket yeah. washington's like do you have any juicy gossip no sir but let me open my jacket and i have the entire encyclopedia botanica <laughs> which is not a, around yet but as we know fuck history in this so we um, made our own rule <laughs> yeah also in this coat jacket i have a 65 inch plasma tv from a company called samsung <laughs> Which your people will eventually buy in great numbers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Oh, so, man. give him something to carry his shit around in for the second one. Because it's ridiculous. Like, if you have him pick up one of those fucking paintings off the wall and put it in his back pocket, I am going to come to wherever you guys make the games and ask you to do that. I'm going to tell you to put a painting in your back pocket and see how that goes. Because there's only one place it could no, go. No, no, you've, you've and, forgotten that they now have incorporated Harry Potter into the yeah. game. And like how Hermione has her tiny little purse where just a billion things can fit in. That's how it's like his a pockets holding. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, well, I'm sure George Washington invented it as well. George Washington definitely invented that. Yeah. So, all right. Anyways, that's it. That was our last roast bash hatred at it um thanks so much for listening uh for your support for your feedback we will talk to you next week